Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of I Am Essence, where we share tips and feature incredible guests who help us transform and align with our best selves. So you guys know season two of I Am Essence is all about the journey, the journey of yourself, that self-discovery, and really just unbecoming who we are in order to become our fullest potential. And this theme has been extremely present for myself over the last few months, whether it be in business, studying yoga, or even within my day-to-day. And that is exactly the theme of today's episode. In life, we are broken down in order to rebuild and achieve our fullest potential. As we go through life, we are bombarded with challenges, obstacles, fear, and even limiting beliefs that truly break us down, but they allow us the opportunity to rebuild and step into our power. Today, we are chatting with Michael Udell, co-founder and owner of Campus Protein and Beam Supplements. Michael Udell is easy to label as a serial entrepreneur, but there is so much more than meets the eye. You would never know that Michael battled cancer five years ago. He used his battle with cancer and story to start a movement called Beam, the name of the chemotherapy treatment that saved his life. Michael has used his platform to inspire those around him while also giving back to the community in various ways. Beam has raised over $400,000 for cancer research, planted thousands of trees, provided for the underprivileged children, donated thousands of free hours of therapy, and so much more. For Mike, the word Beam has truly been life-changing. So I have been looking forward to speaking with you literally since the day you, I guess, slid into my matchmaker DMs for the most part. There Um, we go. (laughs) So for those of you listening in, uh, Matchmaker is actually a podcast platform. And I like the way that you, um, you described it. It's pretty much like the hinge of podcasting for for the most part. Uh, So I really like that. But So to be honest, I don't usually start my mornings this early. I usually don't start anything until at least 1130, but here we are. I knew it was worth it. And your story is just so inspiring and so humbling and one that truly hit home for me and it just resonates. So when we are going through obstacles, we can feel as if we are so alone and drowning and really no one can hear us. But when we meet someone that shares a similar story, mission, philosophy, you connect with them on a completely different level, whether you realize that or not. Um, So this chapter of my life that I am currently in, it is called Invite Only. And the theme is authenticity. And the dress code is come as you are, meaning there's no fluff, no mask, no makeup, just your beautiful essence and who you are. So Mike, what is the title of the chapter of your life that you are currently in? What is the theme? And what is the dress code? I would say, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me. The feeling is extremely mutual, and I cannot wait to uh, talk with you today and dive deeper into our stories and learn how much of an overlap we both share. A question that you just asked, (laughs) the chapter in my life right now, I would say 
on a personal level, everything is very good. I have no complaints there. But on a professional level, I am going through a transitional point with my business where we built it up to a, a very strong point. And we recently faced some adversity over the past few months. And I would say that my belief in everything that happens for a reason, the chapter that we would be in right now is the challenge that makes us stronger. Mm -hmm. And I would say the attire would be uh, <laughs> full hearts. Can't yes. lose. Um, I love that. <laughs> this is my baby, this company that I'll talk about. And I was able to learn the flaws that I implemented, the foundational cracks that I had mm -hmm. in my business. And it challenged me as a person. It challenged me as a professional. And I'm not out of it yet, but what I've gone through, this is nothing. So this type of challenge is everything to me because I know at the end of this tunnel, I will be stronger, I will be wiser, and my business will be healthier. So I can't wait. And we're starting to see that light. And I think it honestly started with these podcasts. I mm -hmm. wanted to, to learn more about other people and share my story with other people who are so inspiring, such as yourself. And Thank I wanted you. to put myself out there. So uh, with opportunity and putting yourself out there, the world rewards you. And I, I can't wait. Absolutely. I could not agree with that even more. And when we go through such challenging <laughs> obstacles, we don't have those reasons as to why are we going through this? And in that moment, it's hard. I don't like to say things are hard. I like to say they're challenging. But if we look at them as this is here to help me, we are going to get those answers as to why we just went through this journey, this obstacle, whether it be an illness or even just trauma, stress, your day-to-day -day stress or a relationship, whatever it may be there is a bigger picture. So you do speak of uh, yourself as a serial entrepreneur, which I absolutely love. Um, something that I like to call um, for myself as well. But take me back to who Mike was prior to July 2017. You are one of the co-founders of Campus Protein, which is a huge and successful supplement company. So was life good for you when you were building that or one of your many empires? Well, I think that the 2016 me wouldn't know the actual answer, but looking back and having this hindsight that I get to have with perspective, I wasn't really enjoying life. I was enjoying mm -hmm. working. I was enjoying yeah. building this business but the relationships in my life weren't truly genuine. They were, for lack of a better word, superficial. I had great friends. I had good relationships and I was a good person. But ultimately, all I cared about was building this business. Mm -hmm. And you miss out on some things. You miss out on personal opportunities, relationships. Yes. And I chose the company over that because I was an entrepreneur. And I think it is a personality trait when you're an entrepreneur to yes. almost look at your business as a relationship. And that is the most genuine relationship because you can control it. You're protected exactly. by it. And exactly. I think I was money hungry, money driven, success driven. I wasn't philanthropic. 
I didn't really care about my legacy. I really didn't even, mm-hmm. like, when I say think about it, I never even would care about how people looked at me. I, mm-hmm. I wanted to build a business. I wasn't the face of a business. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to see it grow through the numbers. And cancer was a true filter in my life. It filtered my friends. It filtered my perspective. It filtered my priorities. And I am so thankful that when I celebrate my year and I look at birthdays, I look at holidays, I look at all those things. July 27th is actually one of my favorite days to celebrate over October 23rd, which is Mm -hmm. when I was officially in remission. Uh, Remission doesn't mean anything to me because defining me has nothing to do with it. Me beating cancer was not based on uh, being in remission or losing the battle. It had to do with how my life changed, how I changed, and how uh, the quality of my life was enhanced from when I heard the words, you have cancer. That's incredible. And so going back to starting Campus Protein, and how has that shaped you into where you are today? So when you were building Campus Protein, because you speak of just being so money hungry, what was that like for you when you were when you started out building that business? Um, I would say that if you've met me for two minutes, you know, I'm a passionate individual mm-hmm. and I let my passion kind of drive me for several years. The business is over 10 years old now. So mm-hmm. in 2016, it was about six years old, but passion doesn't last six years. I know no. it, it helps push, push you forward, but it doesn't last six years. So exactly. I had to learn what hard work was. I had to learn what putting in the effort in and not seeing results. And that is demoralizing that is painful on so many levels. Uh, I put hours in Black Fridays. I would miss holidays with my family. And the sacrifices that I make, honestly, just looking back, weren't worth it. And I don't mean that I wouldn't do it again because it's who I am and it's why I'm able to be in, in front of you today. But if I've been given the opportunity today to spend a quality uh, night with my family, mm-hmm. I will make whatever adjustments I need to make in my life because relationships are a priority to me now. And uh, Campus Protein shaped me who I am. I'm a hardworking individual. I know that I'm really, really good at what I do. Uh, Very, very, very narrow-minded. I don't think I'm a genius (laughs) by any means, but I'm very good at what I do. I love supplements. I love how if you put genuine things in your body, uh, you, you see genuine results. And Absolutely. I could not agree with that even more. So, <laughs> I was always fascinated by that. Honestly, I was always just like, mm-hmm. okay, so you put caffeine in your body and you perform better, like on a simple level. And it's way yep. more than just caffeine. Exactly. You put protein in your body and you're less sore. Like how cool mm-hmm. is that? It's so unbelievable. You have the opportunity to be better with mm-hmm. such small decisions. Yep. Imagine like what big decisions can do. So that's why I looked at supplements. I don't think people need supplements. It's just life choices that yeah. affect positive results. Exactly. I think that that's just such a fascinating connection. Mm-hmm. And it goes, and, it, oops, sorry. And it, no, goes no, in go all, ahead, go ahead. it goes in all areas of your life, whatever you put into your body internally, it's going to, re- it's going to reflect externally, whether that be the mind, the body or the soul, no matter what area of your life, it will affect it somehow in some way. I couldn't agree more. And I, and I think that that's like where I picked up meditation later down in the road. I, 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 I use supplements to kind of get you in the door. It's almost like, oh, I can drink something that's easy. But like when it's on you and your responsibility to 
to write things down and and know uh, what you want to manifest in your life. And I, I couldn't do those type of things without the evolution of me as a human. And whether it was starting with supplements or starting with meditation or going to see a therapist, it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter for which individual. It's just the theme of making yourself the best version of yourself yes. is what I stand for. Exactly. I... I love that. That I'm just telling like, you just speaking about meditation never because um, I feel that this isn't something that guys actually talk about um, where I'll meet people and all um, like even even now being an entrepreneur, I have such a hard time or I'm learning to be confident in saying that I am a business owner. This is what I do. So I um, I own a skincare brand and I use crystals within the products. Don't know if you are familiar with crystal healing, but to someone that could sound, it could sound woo woo, but it is backed by science that they do heal and they are very powerful. So just hearing that guys are starting to expose themselves to these healing modalities and recognizing that you have to align yourself with the mind, the body and soul to truly come into alignment and you are capable of stepping into your power and truly creating the reality that you want to to live in. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I, and I think that uh, I believe in walking the walk and my New Year's mm-hmm. resolution. I, I really believe in New Year's resolutions, not because mm-hmm. those need to be done on January 1st, but yeah. you make a promise to yourself and ultimately it's you who, who fails exactly. or succeeds. And my my New Year's resolution this year was to see a therapist. And I've never done that before. I that. And I thought to myself, with being my, my new company, we're mm-hmm. so we're so adamant about mental health and, and really taking care of yourself and being the best version of yourself that why wouldn't I walk the walk and, yeah. and see what therapy is all about and the introspection of who I am as a person and, and why I make certain yeah. decisions. Oh my God, that changed me for, for the rest of yeah. my life and, and allowed me to open up to, to new relationships and, and new versions of myself. Yeah. And when it comes to meditation, I truly believe that the most successful people in this world are meditating or doing some form of uh, mental healing when, or mental sharpening, I should say. Uh, when you look at Tiger Woods, all the professional golfers, meditation is huge. Boxers, mm-hmm. which is such a mental sport, even yeah. though how physical it seems. Uh, Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, they were all really into meditation. So it's their peak performance is something that will be talked about for years on end as the greatest of all time. And they have to sharpen their mental alertness and acuity. Like that is really important to, to really observe as the most alpha male uh, who, who doesn't think it's worth it. So I'm definitely not alpha and I'm not <laughs> aggressive. I'm definitely not stubborn. I do have an ego just like everybody else. Everyone has an ego. You got to learn how to tame it. (laughs) Exactly. Everybody in business has an ego. I've always said that. It's just understanding which egos need certain grooming and certain maneuvering. But uh, ultimately, self-awareness, I think, is one of my strongest uh, attributes. And knowing what I need to do to get better is one of my favorite things. So have you always been into this sort of mindset? Did you grow up? being exposed to meditation, uh, empowerment, and doing different daily practices to set yourself up for success? Uh, Meditation, no, but (laughs) I was a competitive golfer growing up. Really? Yes. And the truth is, 
that I had all the talent in the world, but I did not have the mental strength to, mm -hmm. to kind of get me through to that next level. And I was very good at, at high school golf. I was very good at local tournaments, but I could never break through with that killer instinct with that. I need to perform my best at the national level. And I could have played D3 in college, but I chose not to. And it was probably mm -hmm. a great decision uh, looking back as well. But that is when probably around 16, 17 and 18, right after I had spinal reconstructive surgery, I went into uh, a lot of like mental work. I saw mm -hmm. like a golf coach for the yeah. mental game. And I did a lot of research on how the mind is so strong. So I probably always had a foundational understanding okay. of mental health and, and mental acuity. Uh, but uh, it took going through cancer and understanding that the underlying causes of cancer are way more than genetic. It has to do with stress, diet, and, and kind of where you are in the world, pollution and all that type of stuff. And when it comes to stress, that's the one thing you could definitely control. And meditation for anybody who's going through stressful points in their life, who's, who's dealing with decision-making, just Google how to meditate. Just download one of Start these somewhere. Uh, apps that will take you through a five-minute version of meditating and just see how it changes your shoulder height for the day. Okay. And I mean that in a literal and a figurative way. Like it no, it's so calms true. you down. And mm -hmm. I love that. It's so true. And I love that you spoke about the shoulders um, because that's something. So with meditation, that's something that I implement and, and encourage my clients to do. And you can tell where someone is holding their stress just by their posture. Um, so I'll, we have different energy zones, whether you call them energy zones, centers, or your chakras, they're all within um, the the middle of your of your body. And depending upon where you are carrying stress within your body, it's going to result in disease later down the road at some point. So you could be carrying on all of these emotions and not dealing with them. So dis-ease energetically somehow down the road, a few years from now, if you don't deal with it, don't unload your bags. <laughs> it's, it's going to somehow turn into physical disease, wh whether it be cancer, Epstein-Barr virus like myself or, or something. So when you speak of cancer and going through your own healing journey, was stress the root cause of being diagnosed with cancer? Was stress the root cause? So this is where it's really difficult for me because I said that genetics, according to a lot of research, doesn't really mm -hmm. cause cancer as much as yeah. proximity, diet, and um, stress. Exactly. Very stressful life I had. Yes. Uh, proximity, <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> proximity and location. I was in Manhattan, one of the mm -hmm. most polluted places in the world. Yeah. Uh, my diet, I would say was really good. Um, thinking about, uh, the way that I look at nutrition, I didn't have a lot of processed food supplements that I took, uh, were very healthy because of campus protein. I knew what went into exactly. them. I don't believe in artificial sweeteners causing cancer. I've done a ton of research on that. And my grandfather had lymphoma, just not the same version. So it's really tough for me to, to think that I had a bad apple one day. And I use that analogy. I didn't think I, I bit into the wrong apple. I do think that ultimately I was genetically misaligned. Something mm -hmm. was wrong with my lymphatic system where 
a hormone triggered it and that's usually what happened. So they don't, they don't know what it is, but ultimately for those who are listening, I had lymphoma and lymphoma or the lymphatic system is the, the cleansing of your blood. So think of it as a fence. So a wired fence has, has these wires, but there's also the holes that allow air to go through them. Yeah. And one of the wires caught something and that is the tumor and the tumor kept growing so that the hole got closed up. And ultimately, I think I had a broken fence. I think that a hormonal switch at the 20 to 30, which people go through hormonal changes at 20 to 30 Mm -hmm. and 50 to 60. And that's when lymphoma is the most prevalent for those who are listening. I just think I had a, a hormonal switch. I was broken to start. And that's why I always say I was destined to get this cancer. I was destined to get it because I was, I was able to beat it. And like I said earlier, beating it had nothing to do with being healthy. Beating it had everything to do with my attitude in life and showing others and inspiring others. And I think that that's why I'm here on this planet is that I'm going to use my story for whatever possibility I can to inspire that next person. And I think on our preliminary call, when you told me where you heard my story on another podcast and it resonated so well Mm -hmm. with you, that one interaction was worthy of everything. Uh, If I can change one person's life, it's worth it to me. And if for whatever reason, somebody's listening to this podcast when they are and they resonate with me and they reach out to me and they say something to me, like it validates everything I do with my life. And I got extra time on this planet and I'm going to use it to the best of my ability. Exactly. And I say the exact same thing to my parents about Sono Essence. And yes, it's a business. You want to have those sales. But when you are in a position where you can relate to other people, um, so I started the brand. um, So I had bad cystic acne my entire life. Nothing worked for me. And during, during COVID decided to, to take matters into my own hands, started to formulate my own skincare products, finally found a formula that worked for myself and decided that, you know what, there are so many other people, men and women going through the exact same thing that I went through where they didn't want to go out with friends. I went to an all girls Catholic high school. So just being surrounded with girls and just feeling that, oh, like maybe they don't want to be friends with me because of all the acne on my face or even in college didn't, I went to, so I went to Ohio state, big 10 school. Uh, Me too, Big Ten, but not OSU. I, oh, okay. Very different. You as long as it's not Michigan. As long as it's not Michigan. Okay, think. Okay, we we can keep you on. We, we can, can keep. keep you, yeah, we can. Keep I don't going. have to Sorry kick you that. off today. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just being able to relate to those girls, and when we do host events, um, if I'm able to empower them and say, "You are beautiful. You are worthy of stepping to." into your power and becoming the best version of yourself because beauty is found within. And hearing you say that, that's the entire meaning behind my brand, my philosophy, and just owning who you are. And when you do, your inner beauty is going to shine through. People are going to see your soul, not just the pimples on your face or uh, or you struggling. So when you were going through cancer um, and got diagnosed um, back in July of 2017, if that, that that's correct, July 27th. Yep. Okay. July 27th. What was going on in your mind? Because you came from building such a successful company. Um, did you think that my life is about to change? hundred percent. I had that, Oh crap moment. 
And I believed that when faced with death, people only have two options. They run away or they give up meaning or they fight like hell. And as you guys obviously can tell in just meeting me for a short minute, I fought like hell. And I said to myself, whatever this is going to be, I'm going to to not let this define me. I'm going to beat this. Go ahead. Was there ever a point where you thought this is the end? I'm about to give up. Yeah. So, I mean, the doctors, when they diagnosed me with stage two Hodgkin's lymphoma, they told me that I had a 90% chance of being cured, not even remission, Mm -hmm. cured in four to six months. So with that confidence, with that positivity, uh, with that outlook, it was very easy to be positive. Mm -hmm. But I went on to fail four chemotherapies. And with each chemotherapy that I failed, I ended up going from 90 to 75 to 66 to 30%, where towards the third and fourth chemo, I started realizing that I don't have a lot of time on this earth, whether it was a day or 50 years from now, it's still not a lot of time. And I started to think that I had a lot less time than I realized. And it was extremely scary. It was extremely bleak to say the least, but it didn't affect my positivity. It didn't affect, if, if anything, it enhanced it because I had such a short period of time. I only had so many uh, relationships and encounters mm-hmm. to, to impact others that I almost used it as energy to, to be even better, faster and leave that lasting legacy. So scared out of my mind, a hundred percent. I genuinely did not think I was going to beat it towards the end. And the treatment that saved my life ended up happening because I had to switch a hospital, try a rare form of radiation followed by another rare form of extremely harsh chemotherapy for a week, mm-hmm. followed by a stem cell transplant. So a three fold approach. And the doctors attribute the chemotherapy and this approach to, to my remission and my health now, five years since being told I have cancer. That's and the amazing. name of that chemotherapy was actually inspiring of the name of the brand that I started Beam. I love that. That is absolutely beautiful. And when you were going through uh, the the chemotherapy treatments and then discovered the the beam protocol, what was going through your mind at that point? What were you doing to focus on your mental health? So I did not have mental health then. I was I was almost on autopilot, to be honest. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to say that I was meditating and doing a great job or anything. I was, I was low internally, externally. Mm-hmm. I had to show my family and, and, and my friends who were watching me battle that I was uh, strong. And I don't mean to say to anybody battling that you should hide that stuff, but you do inherently. And I want everybody to hear that who is hiding it to know that it would have been way better for me to, to be um, an extrovert with those feelings than an introvert. And I knew that this battle, oh, it wasn't like the last hope, but I just knew that if, if the transplant didn't stick, if beam didn't save me, it was, it went from like 30% to like 10%. And I probably had like 10 years max. It was almost just, Hey, let's just wait till it's, it's unable to, to, and you go to hospice and it's, it's very bleak and it's very scary. So knowing that it was like, almost like if I didn't hit beam if beam wasn't successful it would have been probably one of the scariest things ever i almost ignored that thought Mm -hmm. i said 
We're going to go into beam. This is going to work. It needs to work. And it's one of these things where you have radiation every single day for a month. And then beam is seven straight days. And then the transplant, to be honest, I pretty much blacked out because I lost my entire immune system. I had the internal burning of or raw skin or raw flesh, sorry, from the radiation that I could not fix because I didn't have an immune system. So I was in an immense amount of pain. And then I had no immune system for a full month. So I was locked in a room, almost like a bubble where it was uh, antimicrobial, Mm -hmm. all that type of stuff. And that, I guess, 45 to 60 days was a blur to me. But I remember my business partner, Tarun, came to me on the last day of radiation uh, and rang the bell with me. I'll never forget that. I'll remember uh, all the, the people that came to me during my one month stay in the hospital where they had to wear like these full gowns Mm -hmm. and like fully wrapped up. But it's the people in my life, those genuine relationships that allowed me to get that push through the day, whether it was on a random Tuesday, whether it was every single day for a week, everybody showed up. My mom, my aunt, my family, my sister, my dad would come and just sit by me. I never, there were some days I didn't even talk to people and they were just in the room with me. So, so yeah, it's, it's that type of support where I just really must tell everybody who is seeing somebody battle and seeing someone fight for whatever reason, just be there. You don't have to ask them what to do, just do it. And it means a lot. It does. And I can relate to that when I was going through Epstein-Barr, this is going back summer of 2018. I was getting ready to do all of my national shows. So I used to do bikini competitions and <laughs> so it was in the fitness industry. Um, I, fitness, it, it, it still is huge for me, just being able to, to be active and started getting really sick, wasn't able to get through my workouts and all of my friends were doing their shows. They were getting ready to compete, step on stage and I'm at home dying, like had no idea what's going on with me. Um, doctors had no idea and I knew something was wrong and I'm on social media, seeing my friends go pro. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be at these shows. Like, is she taking my pro card away from me? Um, and just in a completely different mindset. And it came to a point where, because I was struggling so badly, everyone around, I had, I did luckily have a great support system. Um, I was living at home for the summer and it came to a point where it was like, I've honestly, I've actually never even told anyone this story about what I'm about to say. Um, but I just remember being so sick, could not even get out of bed. And I go to open, um, I'm in my kitchen and I think everyone, it was either at night or early in the morning. I open the draw and I literally contemplate, oh, I could just take this knife right now. And, but then I'm like, okay, I know that this isn't me. This is, there's something that's deeper that I know this because I've never had any like mental health issues in the past, never had anxiety, depression, nothing. Um, And that's when I knew that there is so much more to life than this and whatever it is going to take, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to use this to fuel my flame. And then once I did start going to other doctor's appointments, was told that I would never have the same lifestyle that I once had, was told that I would never be able to step foot in the gym again. And how do you tell 
someone that's a bodybuilder, they'll never be able to step foot in the gym immediately broke down, but told myself, you know what? I'm going to use this as inspiration. You're telling me no. Okay. You know what? One door may close, but 10 are going to 10 more doors are about to open and we're going to find a way to heal. Healing is possible. So what was your pivotal aha moment that there is more to life? Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for being so open and vulnerable to share that story because I'm sure not only was that almost impossible in the moment, but sharing it must be a little traumatic. Mm -hmm. So that was incredibly strong and great for you to share that. My aha moment was realizing my impact. It had nothing to do with me because I was a different person. And when I got to figure out that I was a different person, that was my aha. And when I first got diagnosed, a close friend of mine was there to to help me through my first six months because he battled the same disease as me and Mm -hmm. had the exact same chemo. And that was so extremely relatable that it helped me push through. And I said to myself, I want to help others. I want to do something to, to coach somebody else through the same battle. Mm-hmm. And exactly. I didn't know anybody with cancer. I wasn't the type of person to just like email my hospital and say, hey, could you put me in touch with someone who's battling? Because they can't <laughs> I'm the same do the pers- I'm Exactly. Uh, I'm the same person. Basically, what I asked the world was through meditation, I was saying to myself, give me the opportunity to give back. It had nothing to do with legacy. It just had to do with my appreciation for somebody being there in my life to support me. And I remember it wasn't too long after that, where I was in a business meeting, a really important business mm-hmm. meeting, actually. I was in a WeWork. So for those of you who don't know WeWork, it's shared office space. Mm-hmm. I had a shared conference room. I had an investor or a potential investor come in And one of my buddies who worked for, we were corporate, called me, really close friend of mine. And I just happened to have a a second to talk. The investor went to the bathroom. I picked it up. And I remember saying to Andy, I was like, hey, what's up, man? Are you in the building? Thinking that that's where my head was. He's just like, no, uh, I just wanted to call and like talk to you and say, what's up? And I knew something was wrong. So I went into another conference room and I said, what's up, man? Like, how can I help? Like, uh, I'm just in a meeting, but I can talk. He's just like my girlfriend who I only met once was diagnosed with cancer. She had angiosarcoma. Mm -hmm. And I remember him just being like, very confused on what to do and, and not knowing like, how scary this was. I remember he was petrified. And without hesitation, I told him, like I tell everyone, everything's going to be okay. Uh, This happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. We will find that reason and we will get her the best care. She will be okay. And I remember I went over to their apartment there. Her name is Chelsea. She's one of the most incredible human beings ever. She was with her mom and her mom and her were so distraught, but they just watched me battle. They were there for me when I battled. They were incredible friends and months went by and I said to Chelsea, I was just like, 
you are so inspiring. You're so incredible. I'm so impressed by the person that you are. And she looked at me with her incredibly beautiful smile. And she said, Mike, you're being an idiot. I was just like, being an idiot? What are you talking about? She's just like, I watched you battle for a year. Like you inspired me to know that I can do this. And that was my moment of realizing from hearing people say I was inspirational to hearing people say how incredible I was. That didn't resonate to me because those are just words. To seeing it in action and her then confirming it was my aha moment. And from Chelsea, there was Rachel, there was Rebecca, there was, there's so many other people. And I just feel so fortunate, so blessed to have coached and now call these people some of my lifelong friends. And if you think I'm inspirational, you should see their battles, you should see how they fought. They were so incredible to, to be by their side and just to, to be able to be welcomed in their lives for that moment, for those moments, and to be long-term best friends with them. That's amazing. And that's what makes every single day the pain worthwhile. And that's what continues to fuel your flame. And you have to look at the bigger picture. And even though, yes, in that moment, you're going through something extremely challenging, you will get through it every day with having that right support system. And it's un- it's such an unbelievable journey. Couldn't agree with you more. And honestly, it's the journey that I think people forget to enjoy yes. because whether it's adversity, whether you're in the lowest point of your life, if you don't remember that journey, it's only points. It's only exactly. point A high, point yep. B low, and then point C, wherever you end up. And for you to get to all of these points, it took yep certain experiences, certain life exposure, and it made you who you are. Exactly. It gave you a challenge and challenges are there for a reason. Otherwise, what's the point? Because if you can't overcome them, why are you getting this challenge? Otherwise, uh, the higher power or the the people, the things that create these challenges shouldn't exist, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I looked at cancer as a challenge. And why did I get this challenge? And what am I going to make of it? Mm -hmm. And I think that really helped me through that adversity. Absolutely. And I'm in the, so I'm in the process of studying yoga. I'm getting my 200 hour yoga teacher training. Thank you. My yoga teacher trainer certification and the philosophy behind yoga is all about the journey, the journey of unbecoming to become. And at life or when you are born in life, you are already enlightened. And then as we start to go through life, we are broken down by fears, doubts, limiting beliefs, different obstacles. And this is what allows us to step into our power, become that best version of ourselves. And again, we have to remember who we are in order to become our best selves. And it doesn't matter if it is cancer or is a relationship or trauma. We have to just be in that state of gratitude towards that experience because it's going to propel us into that next chapter of our life. Completely agree. And I believe that everybody and anybody has adversity mm-hmm. and absolutely nobody's adversity is worse than the next person. And yeah. I always said that I had cancer, but somebody could have gotten hit by a car. Exactly. Uh, and then that person got who got hit by a car has somebody else who has something more traumatic. So 
if anybody can be more traumatic, then it shouldn't be a, a playing field, which is worse. Yep. It should it's, be yeah. you're battling and I'm battling to you. Too. It's important. Yeah. Yes. So and why not battle to the together? individual? Why exactly. not battle together? And, exactly. I, and that's what I think. And I think ultimately people try to minimize uh, mm-hmm. whether it's getting a bad grade. And yes, for absolutely. me, getting a bad grade is nothing. Uh, for me, getting injured is nothing. For me, getting sick that's not cancer is nothing. And I had tons of little blips in my life where to a lot of people, that is a huge, huge problem. Mm-hmm. I had spinal reconstructive yes. surgery. And that means nothing to me. And I don't mean to minimize or trivialize anything. It just shows that at that point, it was the worst thing that ever happened. Exactly. But seven years later, I was about to get cancer. So it it, it doesn't really matter what it is in the moment. Just understand what the process is to get out of it and make yourself better. And I think ultimately, more people will become better versions of themselves with that mindset and mentality. Absolutely. And you have to be so present because the future hasn't happened yet. Leave the past in the past. There's nothing you could do about that. You have to stay present. And so how do you stay present in this in this moment right now where you are in remission? So what are you doing to just continue that and just enjoy enjoy life? So the way that I live my life is I woke up today. And I say that because it means so much today, because I've had friends, I've had family members that didn't get the chance to wake up today. And what do I get to do with my day? And I had days where I didn't get to feel this good. So I'm going to take advantage of feeling this good. Do I have injuries right now? Am I going through stuff? Of course, but I'm up. We all are. I'm here. And if I can give my life, the best chance of being better tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to get tomorrow. I have no idea if I'm waking up tomorrow. So with that mindset, this interaction, I value it on a whole different level. The next interaction after this, uh, getting lunch today, it's all the little things that I get to enjoy. And unfortunately, I think human nature needs adversity or traumatic experiences to get that perspective uh, because you're trained not to. You're trained to look down the road. Yeah. You're trained to have bigger, grand exactly. visions. And that's okay. And for those who don't have that grounded, present mindset, it's fine. Just do your best to stay grounded, to keep yourself in the moment. Get off your phone, maybe, and try to stay within the interaction that's completely and actually in front of you. And I truly believe that you get to enjoy a lot more in life just because you get to enjoy a lot of the smaller things. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree with that even more. Um, I start my day first thing in the morning by meditation. Um, and then I like to, so in order to be, this is my philosophy in order to be your best self, we have the three highest emotions, which are love, gratitude, and fulfillment. And as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, I feel that your mornings truly set you up for success. So in order to stay in alignment with the reality that you are trying to create, um, if you can start your day, whether it be two hours, just 10 minutes, start your day in those three highest emotions of love, gratitude, and fulfillment so that you can stay in alignment with with the things that you are trying to create for your desired reality. So what do you do in the morning to set you up for success? Uh, 
I just honestly appreciate the fact that I'm up. So if you're around me, if you, I share a hotel with you, it doesn't matter. I wake up like that. Like it's, it's one of these things where I, uh, my business partners, whenever I share a hotel room with them, like on business trips, they are astonished by the way that I wake up. I wake up with more energy than people with like three Starbucks in their system. And I truly don't need to do anything to trigger my appreciation or that gratitude. And that's just because of the traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I just happen to be a morning person and I like to attack the day. So I do have my pre-workout. Like I've always had, even when I was battling, I would, Mm -hmm. I would take supplements to, to give me those energy levels that were kind of inflated. And I like to work out in the morning. And I think that grounds me. I think that gets me ready for the day. It gets me in the right mindset. I definitely do not meditate every day. I wish I did. And I think I would be a much better uh, level-headed person (laughs) if I did, because I know how much it's beneficial and and helpful to my life. But I get to hang out with my dog. Uh, I get to work out. I get to call my loved ones and be with my loved ones, whether it's virtually or physically. And I'm able to get that appreciation, that love and that fulfillment all by just being awake. And I truly think that it's automatic for me, Mm -hmm. but I think it's a skill and it's a necessary uh, or mandatory action to do every morning for those who might not have the luxury of it being automatic through my traumatic experience. I love that. That's, that's amazing. When you can wake up in that state of gratitude, everything else is just going to fall into place. You're going to meet the right people, the universe, God, whatever your higher belief system is, you are just going to be presented with opportunity, with abundance in the highest and most most perfect way. Yep, I completely agree. <laughs> so let's talk all about beam supplements because I am so excited to learn about it from being in the fitness industry. Health and wellness has been a huge part of my life. My, my dad's a chiropractor. So I was raised very holistically, um, supplements, vitamins, eating right was just always, it was something that I was always exposed to. So tell me, tell me the story. What I know it was inspired by the name of your, um, your cancer treatment, but how did everything fall into place? So I actually was planning on building a separate supplement company. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm I'm a serial entrepreneur. So I always saw an opportunity in the market to be better. And for being in the market for at that point, six or seven years, I saw that the supplement industry was very exclusive, especially for the male demographic. I felt that the supplement industry was taking a ton of advantage of the consumer by not giving them good formulas or hiding their formulas or putting bad products in their formulas. And I felt that the supplement industry was not being transparent with their consumer. And with all of those things and so many others, I wanted to to right those wrongs. I had no idea the name of the brand. I just knew I wasn't going to take advantage of females. I was going to put phenomenal formulas together and I was going to make a brand that people could genuinely take for the rest of their lives to enhance their lives. It didn't take much longer for the world to give me an opportunity to figure out what products to make Mm -hmm. when I got sick. And when I got sick, my doctors told me you have to protect your immune system and you have to stay full no matter what. And when you're in chemo and you're nauseous and you have no appetite, chewing food, let alone 
super flavorful, like loads of like grease or fat mm -hmm. that doesn't sit well with you. Yeah. So I really leaned on supplements to get through my chemo and my battle. I just didn't realize how bad some green supplements and plant proteins oh, were in this yep. world. <laughs> I mean, they taste like literally licking the chalkboard and, and eating dirt. It's like I'm going to them. eat grass outside in my, it, in it my is driveway. absolutely <laughs> gross. So, and, and, the and the quality isn't even there either. Exactly. Like I'm starting to even see now some of these very popular green yeah. supplements, it's all fiber. Exactly. I mean, I, there's yeah. no green in fiber. No. There, there's no broccoli. There's no kale. And like, and those are the reasons why our formulas are the way that they are. And I ultimately wanted to come out with the healthiest, safest, uh, consumer protected products. But selfishly, I wanted to make them taste phenomenal that somebody who's battling mm -hmm. gets to drink a blueberry muffin, which is our, yeah. our one of our best selling flavors or cinnamon cerealers. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, which is our number one best-selling plant-based protein. I have it every single day and I'm able to enjoy it as a healthy individual, thank God. But if I had this when I was battling, I would be so excited to have cinnamon cereal, birthday cake, uh, blueberry muffin, exactly. peanut butter smoothie, and our greens are in pink lemonade, berry, chocolate. It's flavors that I can't even talk about that are going to be so <laughs> exciting. And- our flavors are, I would say, the most important thing when it comes to our plant-based product uh, or vegan protein and our greens, because it just separates us. And then knowing that it's beam, knowing that we control 100% of the process, that we are fully transparent with all our allergen testing, with all of our testing, metal testing, whatever you want, whatever you want to see, we're completely transparent. And we third-party test. And quality is at the highest standard that nobody can compete with. Exactly. So I flavor the product. We have an in-house formulist, mm -hmm. an in-house flavorist. We manufacture the product 30 miles down the road where I can go to at any point to go check on the product. And ultimately until FedEx gets the package, I control the whole process. And that allows me to not only make it taste incredible, not only to make it have the best possible formulas, it allows me to take care of you, the consumer. And that's the most important thing. So our products are incredible. And I know I'm biased, but I can argue it based on science. Our story comes from my story, exactly. which I think is something that's really important because it gives us the DNA for our final pillar that is the most important to me, which is our impact. And when I was sick or right before I got sick, I was superficial. I didn't really care about a lot of things in terms of legacy or impact that that kind of flipped and that DNA is now in beam. So before we even started beam, beam was able to donate a quarter of a million dollars That's to cancer amazing. research. That's amazing. It, it was, it was one of these things where impact is everything. And like, when you get to see it on a uh, universal level on a macro level, it was truly one of the most rewarding and fulfilling things ever. And I knew that Beam was so much more than a story that came out of cancer that's going to be so much more. So I definitely set out with my team to be extremely more philanthropic on such a universal, uh, on such a wide range, I should say, where on Earth Day, we plant trees and we planted over uh, a couple thousand trees that's now amazing. for the two years. Uh, uh, a couple months ago, we donated or gave away, I don't know how you technically say it, thousands of hours of free therapy through better help 
uh, BLM, Asian hate, mm -hmm. Australian fires, anything that's in this world that we could make better when times are really tough and using this platform, we do it. And the list goes on Toys for Tots, Salvation Army for underprivileged children at the end of the year. No matter what, we're trying to give back. And no matter what, we're trying to be better about sustainability. So we have one year, two year, five year plans to be more sustainable. And I truly believe there will not be a brand, a supplement brand or an overall brand that will care so much more about their impact about this world than Beamwell as time goes on. Because like everybody here, we're trying to be better each and every day. And I think that we have the right people, the most incredible employees and, and executives that allow us to be better. And that's why I'm so excited for more and more people to get engaged and introduced to this brand. That is amazing. You are literally a man after my own heart where your story and just the formulation process, I've, I can relate to that on in the beauty industry, in the skincare industry, with even labels. And in I don't know if you know this or not, but within the beauty industry, uh, you technically don't have to disclose that everything within the product on, on the label. And in the UK and Europe, there's 1,300 plus chemicals that are banned. Within the US, there's only 11. So yeah. Wow. Exactly. I always and said there was an overlap in terms exactly. of like how like they market it and beauty it's and supplements. Awful. It is awful. And I'm sure the, the supplement industry is very similar where you technically don't know what you're putting in your body. And for someone who is going through a healing journey, you you have to know what is in your product because in even with fragrance, um, when you read the back of a label. There's 14 secret chemicals within the word fragrance. Fragrance. And if I use product X, Y, and Z that has all of these chemicals, today's actions create tomorrow's reality. Yep. So you have to truly be aware of what you are exposing yourself to. So I do the exact same thing for Sono Essence. And I want my customers to have the best product, the best quality. And believe it or not, I wanted i i was a little selfish at first i'm like i'm doing this for me had no intentions of having the product ever go to go to market but once i started to see results i knew that others needed this product as well because it's truly life changing incredible thank you so i can relate to everything all of the experiences that you are going through and just having that brand philosophy and that mission of where the name or where the name came from to the mission, the philosophy and being it the best on the market, but also for the, the customer and the consumer that, you know, you are going to get the quality. Um, so what are some of the hardships that you have experienced with building Beam? Well, first and foremost, we started 10 days before COVID at March 4th. Uh, oh. So I think every, everybody knows that's not the best time to start a brand new company. <laughs> I was in the same boat. So I yeah. March, 20, March 20th was the day I got the idea that next day started diving deep and really wasn't sure what I was uh, was set up for. Yeah. So basically that whole first year was a wash. We yep. didn't do very well. We lost <laughs> a lot of money. Yeah. And 
we had to go through a lot of adversity on building a brand mm -hmm. where we didn't have the right influencers because that's our marketing lever to start the company. And we got very lucky to the point where we built it the right way. It just took a lot of time. Uh, yeah. So in 21, we started to see a lot of growth and we got, we're very fortunate. But 2021 also shared adversity with the influencers. We had great influencers that to this day are the reason and the backbone of why we built this brand and how we built this brand. But some influencers decided to leave. And Don't, those yeah. are the relationships that I care so much about because I started those phone calls. I exactly. onboarded those people and I got to watch them go from a thousand followers to a hundred thousand followers. And I thought genuinely that I would be with them mm -hmm. for the, the rest of the time. Yep. So you are them preaching the to the company, choir. Yep. Exactly. So mm -hmm. them leaving the company, I don't blame them. They have every right to take care of themselves, but that exactly. internally really hurt me. Yes. And I truly believe that it happens for a reason because with my athlete manager, my influencer manager, we were able to learn so much about our program and our program is so much healthier now because of it, but going through it was really difficult. And what else? Supply chain. Oh my God. Supply chain <laughs> was probably one of the worst things ever. And it, it almost sparked some of the, the worst things for this company because we couldn't get inventory. We would have product and then broccoli powder would just not show up. And we don't, we don't change anything. Like we could have came out with super exactly. greens yep. and we have 50 ingredients exactly. that said no broccoli powder for this one. But like those you are know, against you our You can't morals. do that. Exactly. Exactly. Then, then a cap leaves. Uh, we have uh, black caps on our peach rings on like 30% mm -hmm. of our peach rings. So yep. uh, our black caps are different. And we, we made that decision because it doesn't affect the actual product aesthetically i hate it but it's okay it's a necessary <laughs> evil but little things like that where we had to fly caps over from wherever we were getting them and you don't fly things because it's really expensive so we've had to spend a, a lot of money to to do everything in our power to make sure that our consumer our customers that are so loyal to us don't realize like how much trouble exactly. we've gone through and yeah. and i never want any of them to know because i just want them to have the ultimate experience i don't want them to feel sorry or say exactly. thank you for, for exactly. doing that. I just exactly. want them to enjoy it. And that is what I think our, our brand and everything about our brand stands for. But COVID is definitely one of the hardest things, uh, not actually going through <laughs> COVID, but what it did to my businesses exactly. what it was, was probably one of the hardest things I've had to face uh, on a professional level. Mm -hmm. I could, I could definitely agree with that. And just go, you just saying everything that you experienced I have been experiencing it as well. Um, and we are in a little bit of a rebranding phase currently because of the challenges that you uh, just mentioned. And entrepreneurship, it's not as glamorous as it as it looks um, from not at all. <laughs> you every day is a whole new day. You never know what you are going to be in for. Um but I think I always have to say Rome was not built in a day. And I always have to continuously remind myself that, yes, we have goals. There may be some twists and turns, highs and lows, but we're in it for the long haul. And again, just keep reminding myself what my why was, what sparked my my inspiration. And then it comes to one of the favorite stories I heard I think it's a, a tale, but it basically explains that you never know what the future holds. Exactly. And it comes from 
a, a craft maker who everyone said is so lucky you have all these skills. And then he breaks his hand and then they say, oh, you're so unlucky. But he says, we'll see. And then a war breaks out and he can't go to war. And everyone's just like, oh, now you're so lucky because you don't have to go to war. And then they say, we'll see. And the list goes mm-hmm. on of, of things that happen in this life where it happens and he doesn't think that he's lucky or unlucky. He just knows it's going to lead him to his next chapter. And exactly. I think that that ultimately is a representation of take everything with ultimate gratitude because you don't know why. Yes. And you, make, you might have your why of why you do things and what gives you fulfillment and why you want to live your life. But the things that happen to you, you don't know those whys. And by not knowing those whys allows you to embrace them, allows you to overcome them, and allows you to get through them to be better versions of yourself. Absolutely. That was perfectly said. And that is what I Am Essence is honestly all about. We are about interviewing and meeting with incredible people who have incredible stories that are humbling, inspiring, and allow us to align and become with our best selves. And I thank you so much for being here, sharing your story and just allowing myself to have, have that space. And I'm just so grateful. Um, But before I do let you go, I have two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given and you would like to share? I would say the way I kind of live my life. So life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. Absolutely. And the second question is, so essence is a huge part of my brand. Um, it's all about who you are. And so Sono Essence, our skincare is, if you were to translate it, Sono is I am an Italian and anything after I am is going to manifest. It's going to, cool. going to happen. Whether Thank you. Whether it be positive or negative. And then essence is who you are. So it's, I am beauty. I am, I am me. Um, so how would you define essence and what makes up your essence? My, uh, how would I define essence? Like mm-hmm. just in general. Yeah. It's kind of the, the way that I would look at it on an external level. It's how you affect others. And I think that my essence is how I affect others. And I truly want to be the best interaction of everybody who I, who I come across. So whether it was nurses, whether it was friends, any relationship, family members, I try to be the best version of myself so that I bring light to their lives. And I would believe that that would be my essence. And that's how I would love to be talked about. <laughs> I love that. That is so beautiful. And if you don't mind, can you share all of your business information for both of your businesses and then any socials? The legacy business, Campus Protein, uh, it's all at Campus Protein and CampusProtein.com. My personal is all my last name. So at Udell, Y-E-W-D-E-L-L. And my newest company, the company that is so true to my heart, Beam, is at youcanbeam.com and all social media handles is at youcanbeam. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for joining us today here on I Am Essence. Thank you everyone for listening in on this week's episode here at I Am Essence. Don't forget to listen in next Wednesday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you are listening in on Apple Podcasts, 
please leave us a review and we will see you next week.